expectations. Well, well, well. Look what we have here. We're through six weeks of the NFL season now, and uh, the commish is is still riding high. Keith uh, had his first non hundred point all time uh, low. All another not first. I think this is your first time not breaking a hundred this season. So uh, uh, I think I've done it once or twice actually. Hmm. Well, still sucks to be you. And uh, yeah, Philly, I mean like. And Philly broke uh, broke 130. So, pew, 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 pew. yeah, Take this is my second time. I didn't score 100 against uh, against old cheese. Well, here we are. What a time! What a time you to know, be alive. We talked about it. Talked about it before we started, though. Um, the good news is my expectations can't possibly be lower for the rest because <laughs> I have none for the rest. Cannot get any lower. <laughs> you know. Um, so it's, it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's kind of nice. It's, it's kind of nice. I don't have to worry about, you know, the stress of making a push for the playoffs. That's all but done. So, you know, I can just, uh, sit back and relax and wait to meet Joe on the toilet bowl. Maybe, maybe meet <laughs> Joe on the toilet bowl. I'm pretty sure you were the one in the chat said, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> not so fast, my friend. I think I think Joe's team is built for the toilet bowl. He's not he's not necessarily a contender for No, the, the for so the, the not so fast, my friend, was to Austin saying he was gonna be the one eating wings. Um Yeah, so it's not so fast. Like I'm pretty sure it's gonna be me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cause like I said, Joe's team's built to win in the toilet bowl. Oh, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. He's built I mean, to we saw what he did last year when uh, Waffle House was on the line. Man showed up. He came alive. Yeah. 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 Came alive. Wow. Who would have thought? And got like three wins all of last Not season. Me. Two of those were in the <laughs> toilet bowl. Well, he's on track for a new record this year. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll get to get to play it, play it out. And, uh, maybe he goes to break his own record. Who knows? Maybe. I did, you know, and for everything that we've given Joe, I thought he would have a I mean, he could still bounce back. I mean, he could still finish like seven and six or something like that. Uh, well, or I guess six and six technically. Um, he could break five hundred. <laughs> I don't think he can. I'm not going to write him off yet. Philly is walking very gingerly right now. He's, he doesn't want to touch this. I'm scared for Sam. <laughs> Sam is towing a line that he does not want to go down. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, wow, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Season 2, Episode 5, Friends and Low Expectations. The the fellas are back with minor technical difficulties in terms of our super producer on the ones and twos. Uh, For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of knowing me yet, I am the Kamish. Hello, it is me, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. I love you, baby. Let's make love. I saw that on Twitter earlier today. Oh, did I send that? I think I sent it to you. Or I sent it to the the, the, the group. On oh, I saw it on TikTok, and then I saw it on Barstool's Twitter, and I was like, "That's going to be Sam's intro tonight." <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see the actual video, but yeah. it's like this very attractive woman. It was like, "Oh, if I ever see Jalen Hurts," and she was doing dance and this guy he like that Jalen Hurts face and he's like hello I am Jalen Hurts 
Let's That's make awesome. love. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but I'm joined with my trusty co-host, Keith. I drank a beer. I drank another beer. Three beers. Four beers. Oh, no. Five beers. Oh, no. Six beers. And I don't want to keep going to it. It's just so good. I love it. Of all the ones you do for me. And on the ones and twos tonight, our <laughs> producer, Philly. Regular producer. <laughs> Regular. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Man, great to be back, fellas. Nah, always a pleasure, but nah. always, 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 always. Life's been getting, I don't know about you guys, life's been getting difficult lately. And yeah, I don't know if you saw beforehand, my daughter came in because she has strep. Uh, so that's good. Well, I saw her walk in, but I couldn't tell strep. Strep. strep throat. I was, looking, I was looking at the, uh, the I wasn't sure if I was supposed to see that or not. That's fine. <laughs> And McCray threw up a punch last night and maybe again today, who knows? So well, I was getting at um I, I was just this is the highlight of my week. Always good to be back. Yeah, here. same, same. <laughs> yeah, in summary, same. And in summary, can, this is my escape. <laughs> in Philly, you get to see me in like three weeks, two weeks, two and a half now, weeks. So it's it's you, Fern, Joe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Have you talked to Hope already? No. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out how many tickets I need to ask for. Yeah, and then I think Maddie and Kara will also come too, obviously. But and then I get to see you in like a month as well. No, I know. Just wow. everyone. Wow. It's going to be wonderful stuff. Yeah. Right, is there? Do we still have an, an uh, uh, X-Nay on the uh, in-person podcast A? It seems unlikely for me. All right. Well, uh, you, you keep probably. You keep, I probably won't be able to participate. You keep massaging that and see what happens. Yeah. You I'll just set up your podcast mic in the middle of the living room and be like, "I could be doing this somewhere else, but instead, <laughs> I could be doing this at Sam's house." Oh, <laughs> for one hour. Uh, huh. If it helps, tell Morgan that if there's a chance she gets to see me, if you get to do it. Honestly, if I tell her that. She'd be like, yeah. She, she would she would move heaven and earth. I think literally mind. find a way to move them out. You should have oh, yeah. led with that. You should have led with that. I told her we I told her we were all gonna try to do it. And she's like, No, um, you know, we're visiting my family, we're visiting the O'Briens out in out in Folly Beach, and <clears throat> she's like, No, we only get to see them, you know, once a year, once every other year, because we usually do one year with her family, one year. And uh, we only get to see them once a year, once every other year. And you know, I think we should just get in town and go. And I was like, well, you're going to have to tell that to Sam. Keith, your He's, mic is, before we get too far into this, your mic is like dipping in and out of uh, volume. You're quiet right now. Is it any better? Now it is. <laughs> but it's like, it's like cutting in and out of like, like if, if if this is the volume, it's like you know, peaks like and valleys, peaks and valleys. Looking. It's not looking. My, trying to figure out why it's doing. That's your mic. Yeah, is it still doing it? 
You know, you just are really loud now. Now it's just really loud. Now you're quiet again. Yep. Did it again. What is it doing? Now you're quiet. Man. Boys and technical issues today. <laughs> these these scenes. Was it doing this when we first started? When we first not started? a little bit at the tail end of the But not as but bad. Not, yeah. Now it's just the entirety of it. I don't know why it's doing that. Hmm. Things we hate to see. That's just debilitating that's scenes. Yeah. Then no amount of audio editing is well, I could do it. I would not enjoy it. And the no. podcast would probably come out next week. You know what? I think I'll just ditch the mic and then uh we'll we'll, we'll try again next week. Is it still doing it? Try again? Yeah, is it still doing it? Kinda actually. Keep talking. Just talk for like twenty seconds. Tell me how pretty I am for like twenty seconds. <laughs> oh my god. No. Like I'll I'll bust like Seconds in. It's still doing it. Still doing it. We're gonna ditch. We'll figure it out next week. Okay. We better. Yeah. All right. We're. I think we're good now. Yeah. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're back. Hey, baby. We're back. We bike. We big bike. But I think this is a good opportunity to do away with the the L's we're taking on the technical front and take a W today in the the two minute drill because uh, from from what you shared, Keith, we've got a we've got a doozy. We've got our work cut out for us. Um, you know, last week you said we have room to add more, so this <clears> week I figured, you know, our record is good enough that uh, you know this could uh, we could take a loss here. We're still in prime position to land the number one seed a first round bye. So figured I really really figured it really test us this week. So we'll give it a go. I got my timer ready if you boys are ready to just get on into this. Let's make it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite segment, my favorite segment, the two minute drill. Let's do this. Um let me pull it up. Alrighty. So three, two Kamara's Gridiron Gang versus Heinz on Mike Johnson. The Johnsons finally came to life in week six, nearly putting up 150 points to get their second win of the season. McCaffrey and Stevenson led the way for the Johnstons, while Hertz, Barkley, and Kittle all turned in solid outings. Michael Pittman led the way for Gridiron Gang, having his first big day since returning from injury. Still, Gridiron Gang struggling to find consistent scoring outside of Cooper Cup. The Johnsons over Gridiron Gang, 148-112. Magic School Bus Crafts Personal Masseuse also scoring their second win of the season is Magic School Bus after finally breaking 130 points for the first time since week one. School Bus got huge gains from their pair of Tigers, Burrow and Chase, while Knox and Waddle also beat projections. In what will likely be their worst game of the season, Crafts Personal Masseuse saw most of their roster underperform outside of Eckler and Lenny, although A.J. Brown salvaged a decent fantasy day with a TD. School Bus downs KPM for their first loss of the season, 148-111. Bunghole Burglars versus Death Taxes Kickers for the third week in a row. Our game of the week is decided by single digits on the Monday night game. DTK only needed a modest performance from Justin Herbert to score the win, to secure the win, and still Herbert fails to score a touchdown on what seems like the first time in his career bringing in just eight points. The Burglars saw everyone on their roster but Henry and Cooper fail to meet projections and fail to score 100 points but got just enough to sneak away with the five-point victory. Burglars edge out DTK 
Devonta's Infernal, the Micro Carter 3, in the Who's Your Daddy game of the week, the scoring was continued for Carter 3, this time against the best scoring team in the league. Everyone on their roster besides Kamara and Gabe Davis failed to meet projections, and Carter 3 fails to score 100 points. The Inferno gets four players over 20 points thanks to strong outings from Mahomes, Hill, Diggs, and the emergence of rookie Brees Hall. Inferno win this one easy, 136-84. The Fighting House plans versus the fellows in the Jets. The House plants lead the, lead the league in scoring this week, pouring in 152 in the, against the Jets. Led by big games from the usuals, Josh Allen and Mark Andrews. The, ho- the House plants also got a monster day from streamer Deion Jackson in place of Jonathan Taylor, bringing in 28 points before exiting the game. The Jets continue to find or continue to struggle um, scoring uh, as only Smith, McManus, and Vikings defense outpace projections. The House Plants take care of the Jets 152 116. Uh, boys, we took our first loss of the season 213. Two minutes. Good Lord. Yeah, wow. Jeez. A little over on that one. But like I said, I really, um, I really wanted to pack this one, jam pack this one with content. So, you know, now we just got to find that sweet spot. Yeah, take a sentence or two off. I think we hit it. Yeah, it also didn't help that uh, I think I I tripped up on a few different ones, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Talk it up to technical difficulties. Still, what four and one, five and one now? Four and one. I think I think last year we we lost our first one. So I mean. We're, we're infinitely better than we were. I think I think last year through four episodes, I think we were two and two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were not I doing. Mean, we've we've definitely, you know, we've definitely found ourselves. We got into the gym, you know, we we studied the game. Um, you know, we're clearly a better team than we were the year before. So, yeah, we call it growth. Growth. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> two minute drill wrote us off, but we ain't right back. We ain't right back. <laughs> you know, but I think this was good content, though. I think I still, I think this is one of your, your better ones. Well, thank but, you. Yeah, but, if we could go back over, um, back over B again, bullet point B, just to really hammer home the point there. Yeah. You know? You got First something one. you want to say? Feel free to say. Yeah, I mean, if you. No, I don't have anything I want to say. I don't want to say. <laughs> I mean, you handed. Uh, uh, I guess to, to emphasize this, uh, Philly is very proud of his second win of the season. Uh, he also beat on, on undefeated. Finished the year four and eight. <laughs> yeah, beat undefeated Fred, uh, who's who's now five and one, uh, drops to second place in the uh, in the league. Um, First of all, Keith, how dare you? We are a three and nine team. (laughs) So I'm just saying, you're on pace. I didn't say you know what the record would be. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. After six weeks, you're two and four. You do the math there across twelve weeks. That's that's four and eight, baby. Kind of crazy. We're halfway through the season. The regular season. Well, doesn't feel like it. it. Part of it is we have this. The I mean with playoffs doing two weeks a uh two weeks a matchup for the most part that kind of extends the playoffs to i mean what playoffs are basically basic playoffs are basically six weeks long so i mean the playoffs take almost the same half the amount of half the amount of the season right there so it's a it's a it's a quite of a beast if we were to switch to i don't know if i mean i know some people prefer the one week playoffs and some people 
Uh, don't obviously, but uh, that's something to consider if we ever wanted to switch it. That would that would get us to where we're trying to go. Depends on if I make the playoffs this year or not. Yeah, I was gonna say I think um, I think actually like this year would be kind of a good test run because we expanded the playoffs to six teams, which I disagree with. I don't I don't believe in any sport more than half the teams. I think we Should were six. We did six last year as well. Yeah. Did we do six last year? I thought so. Hmm. But yeah. we also we had the divisions. Anyways, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I wasn't making any commentary about the playoffs, Philly. Love Mr. you. <laughs> yeah, we did. We just did. Uh, we had the, the, the divisions. That was the the big differentiator. Mm, uh, switching to switching to the one. Switching the divisions. Yeah, because one division got like four of the six playoff teams, and then the other yeah. one. Um, the other one, yeah. I don't remember who it was that missed the playoffs, but it's like, oh, if they were in the other division, they would have made it or something like that. Or... Yeah, now it's just going to be the best six, so it doesn't matter anymore, thankfully. But um, we're going to – the waivers are an interesting place uh, this week, um, and I'm I'm kind of excited to talk about it because um, we have some, some interesting pieces I added to – I don't know, Keith. Did you add that third one? I did. You know he's sitting on my. You know he's on my bench, right? Yes, I did. All right, cool, cool. Um, so the first one I added because I think this one will be an interesting one uh, is going to be Robbie Anderson, uh, who is obviously traded. Uh, was it Monday? I guess it was. It must have been Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday from the Carolina Panthers to the Arizona Cardinals for like a. 2022 six round pick and a 2023 seventh round pick or something like that. Um, I think this is an intriguing one uh, just because the Cardinals passing offense has been pretty abysmal. Um, And now with uh, Hollywood Brown set to miss uh, either an extended amount of time or the season, I think they're still doing tests to determine uh, the extent of his injury. Um, I think he's going to be, I mean, Robbie Anderson's obviously a very talented wide receiver from Temple. I mean, baller at Temple and had a couple of really good years in the Jets as well. So he's obviously very talented. Um, and D-Hop coming back this week as well. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, I think D-Hop is wide receiver one, clearly. Uh, but Robbie Anderson should get some really good looks um, because we could assume that They'll probably be covering uh, D Hop pretty heavy with either you know uh, two man double or a double team there, or really just giving Robbie some good opportunities there. So I think he could be a sneaky one. Uh, he probably wouldn't be one that you plug and play right away, but he could be one that has some really good value down the stretch. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with this one. I actually kind of. I kind of like it. Um, but I think the biggest thing you really pointed out is the Cardinals' pass game is just not very good right now. Um, you know, maybe that is due in large part to not having like a true wide receiver one threat. Um, you know, their best receiver through the first two three weeks of the season was Greg Dortch. Um, and I don't think anybody know knew who that was before the season started. So. Um, what are you doing? My yeah. cat is just losing his freaking mind back here. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, um, you know, maybe this kind of helps open up the field a little bit more, take some of the pressure off of the lesser talented receivers like Dorch and um, and Rondell Moore, um, and you add in a, a weapon like this. I mean, the talent is is definitely there. It's not like he's Robbie Anderson's not playing <laughs> football. So it's more it's more just about how is he going to fit, you know? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. The second one, kind of in a similar, well, he's on the kind of the other end of this, is going to be uh, Latavius Murray with the Broncos. And I think this is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> there's been lots of drama uh, in the past week uh, with players and social media and lots of other things. But uh, Melvin Gordon on the the Broncos was basically benched, I don't know, pretty early on in the, the Broncos game. Uh, doesn't help that the Broncos are also not very good currently. Um, but uh, Melvin Gordon really just hasn't been effective as a runner. He's fumbled a lot this year. Um, he, he was on social media liking tweets uh, last night about, you know, get me out of here type deal, you know, stuff like that about his production and this and that. And uh, when Latavius Murray came in, he he was pretty productive in that in that position. Um and I think that I mean, if I'm the Broncos, I think I think the easy answer going forward at running back is going to be Latavius Murray over uh, Melvin Gordon. I wouldn't be surprised if Melvin Gordon uh, gets traded to uh, a different team uh, before the trade deadline. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe I don't know. If, I don't even know if Melvin Gordon's on a team, but uh, I think Latavius Murray would be a, a sneaky pickup here. Um, if yeah, if you're if you if you're desperate like Gino for a running back, then uh, you know it can't hurt to pick up a guy like uh, like Latavius Murray or maybe I think the other one maybe I would sneak in there would be Kenyon Drake, uh, depending on J.K. Dobbins' situation, but with his injury. But yeah, Latavius Murray I think would be a a good one. He he was pretty productive when he when he played last night. So um, yeah. Those that that's the 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 other one I wanted to talk about for a waiver edition. Yeah, um, I definitely like Latavius Murray. A couple big things: he was on the field for fifty percent of the snaps, um, and that's notable. But he outtouched um, Melvin Gordon by like 10, 15 touches. Um, and so, for a guy that just joined the roster, what three, four weeks ago, um, to come in and and bump out a guy who's been there four seasons now, three seasons. Um, that's, that's definitely not small. Um, the, I mean, the only downside is he plays for the Broncos and the Broncos are just atrocious right now. Um, sorry, Joe, if I have to be the one to break this news to you, but they're just not a good football team. And that's what makes it difficult for me to get behind any, any Broncos players. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking for, um, a streamer running back option as the, uh, as the you know the bye weeks start hitting us all, um, yeah, then I think he's he's a fine pickup. He's going to be you know a TD dependent guy, but and that's very hard for the Broncos to come by right now. But yeah, uh, talk to me about this third one you got written down here, Keith. Yeah, so I um, I added Damian Harris to this one. Um, you noted he is on your roster. I was well aware of whose roster he was on. <laughs> Um, I added him here because um, he's missed the last couple weeks, and in those weeks, Ramondre Stevenson has really 
in my opinion, completely taken over the backfield. Um, and I mean, Damian Harris was always kind of a, a TD or a TD dependent play as it is, because he's just not much of a receiving threat. Um, but now with Ramondre Stevenson kind of looking the part of an RB one the last couple of weeks with um, with Harris out, you got to really wonder what place there is for Damian Harris when he returns. Um, the last two weeks, he's played ninety percent of the snaps and eighty percent of the snaps, eighty six percent of the snaps, respectively. Last week, he had two touchdowns. Um, you know, he's just Stevenson has just been playing. <clears throat> too well and we talk, we've talked a lot about the Patriots already their offense is just really inconsistent to bank on any one guy and so far Stevenson seems to be the guy um, most bankable um, the only reason why I think you would keep um, Harris is because your roster is pretty damn good there's really no reason to let him go um, you know and and really at this point like who are you going to pick up in his place I think that's the kind of question you have to ask yourself when you're thinking about dropping somebody is like is there really, you know, somebody out there that makes my roster better? And in your case, you have probably the best roster in the league. Um, Wait, did you have him as a drop candidate or as an ad candidate? I had him as a drop. <laughs> this is why now I that was makes confused. sense. <laughs> now that makes sense. Ah. <laughs> it's like, um, I know he's on your roster. I was telling you to drop him. Yeah, I, was, I was trying to figure out where this was going. If this was going, in like, <laughs> I was like, I was like Sam hey, may you. drop him, and then somebody else should pick him up off the waivers. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was really trying to get you to the doubt here, but I was. The you, the I'm going to blame it. I'm going to blame it on the, the technical difficulties. Anyway, drop Damon Harris. Um, go ahead, continue. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I, I mean, uh, it's a great. We make some great points. Um, the thing I think I'm kind of holding on hope to is there was talk at the beginning of the season that uh, Damian Harris might be a good trade candidate um, for the Patriots. Uh, he's probably can get some some good good value, whether it's draft picks or you know other additional pieces that they could trade for. Um, so I'm kind of holding on to him just as like a maybe he goes somewhere maybe he goes somewhere fun and uh, gets to tote the rock a little bit more. Um, kind of like cam Akers situation right now because you know i think that's the only reason you would hold on to cam Akers right now too because you're hoping that he gets traded somewhere where he's going to be uh rb1 because obviously it wasn't in uh in la which is unfortunate um but yeah no that's uh makes a lot more sense thanks keith Uh, um also add in um one more chase claypool um which is kind of wild that if you would have said you know uh around draft time that we'd be mid-season talking about Chase Claypool as a waiver wire target. Um, I think you, most people would have thought he would still be on a roster. Um, you know, he, he's been the victim, I think, of what a lot of people have been a victim of this year, and that's inconsistency. Um, and I don't – I have it kind of later on in our agenda, but I don't necessarily think that it's receiver-specific exactly uh, or, or individual person-specific. Uh, but I'd be interested to see him. He, uh, along with some other folks that are already rostered, have been buzzed about as trade candidates. Um, I'm thinking about DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Chase Claypool. Um, there's been several folks around the league that, um, you know, as we get closer to that November deadline, have it talked about as candidates. And so depending on where they go, there's some folks that maybe aren't performing um, at the level we thought they were going to. Uh, maybe are performing at a high level. Um, 
like for me, uh, if a Christian McCaffrey, for example, gets traded to Buffalo, um, I could actually see his value going down. Um, I, I, I think there's too much offense there for him to carve out the same utilization role that he has in Carolina. Um, now, if he goes to like the Broncos, that could be a, you know, he could be utilized just as much in Denver as he is in, in Carolina. And so those are some things that I think are interesting. Chase Claypool being one of those, he's shown flashes of being an elite receiver um, and has carried the load. Um, I wonder if it's inconsistency at quarterback with Pittsburgh. So as he currently sits, I don't know that uh, obviously he's on the waiver wire for a reason. He had 24 points, 23 points last, last week. So he had a pretty good week, um, but you can't, start him confidently thinking that he's going to get more than eight points a game. Does that change if he gets traded? And do you stash him on your roster now in case that happens? All good questions. Yeah. That's actually an interesting, I, I really like the, the point you made about Christian McCaffrey. I think a lot of people have just been like, Oh my God, the bills are interested in trading for him. Like no shit. Anyone would be interested in trading right. for him if he's available. Right. Um, but yeah, I think you you have to kind of consider like fit there, you know. Like, I think I think the Eagles also were briefly linked to it, and it's like, well, that makes less sense. But also, like, like yeah, is is that a is that a genuinely better situation for him and a team that has a, a serious running threat at quarterback um, with you know weapons on offense? Um, so that's an interesting point you raise. I really like that one. Um, I think the candidates I put for dropping this week, uh, I put I put Tevin Coleman one. I think that one's kind of a an easy one. Uh, he hasn't necessarily been quite the, uh, I mean, not yet anyways. With uh, I mean, he got bumped up to the the Forty Niners fifty uh, three man roster. Uh, I mean, he had he got lucky on his and against Carolina, he had eight carries for a touchdown and three receptions for a touchdown. Uh, that's next week, you know, four carries for three yards. So that's another one. Consistency, the, the Niners uh, kind of inconsistent when, when we're looking at their run game, uh, he's still listed as the third uh, running back on that depth chart. That's one where you're just gonna, you know, plug him and pray that he gets a touchdown and the other one I wrote um, was Tyler Conklin. He was one that I was actually pretty high on. Um, and leave this to, we'll probably put this to uh, the fact that um, Joe Flacco was utilizing him pretty heavily. I mean, when the, I guess the three or four games that Flacco was in, he had like seven targets, nine targets, eight targets, and five targets. And then since Zach Wilson's been in at quarterback, he's had, one target and two targets. Uh, so he went from basically a double digit fantasy point uh, every week to really not getting that utilization and uh, write it up to scheme maybe or game plan. But uh, he went from a, a pretty good option at tight end to pretty much being fantasy irrelevant. So those are the yeah. two I had pretty much written down for, for drop candidates this week. Yeah. I didn't have any like, significant big folks that stood out but i like those those two picks there i think except for damian harris Jets, what's that except for damian harris <laughs> yeah except for damian harris um, which we already talked oh, about i was gonna say for drop i don't know if i have a specific person uh although i could say it one of the three defenses that keeper is rostering currently um <laughs> could, 
could be a potential drop candidate. Well, I'm definitely dropping the Browns. I only picked them up as a streaming option because I didn't like Dallas and um, the Bills matchups this week. So I was like, okay, I'll just stream yeah. one and hope <laughs> that it is. So, so it for those not, folks at home, <laughs> he has not. the Browns, the Bills, and the Cowboys defense. Um, so two of those on, defenses. Hold on, real quick, before you go off and roast me, Obviously, the Cowboys played the Eagles. I didn't think I'm, that was I'm a good not matchup. doubting that the matchup and, makes sense. There. And the Bills played the Chiefs. I figured that game would be, would score. Both teams would score like 86 points apiece. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play either one of these. I'm setting oh. myself up for failure. So I picked up the Browns. <laughs> Here we are. And the Browns scored zero points, and the other and the team. Browns got me zero points, and the Bills got nine. I was like, okay, shit. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it wouldn't make much of a difference, but. To be fair, so um, can, can you can you tell me why you're yelling right now? <laughs> He's your daddy. Do whatever he wants. I think it's your mic. I think you. I think you have your volume turned up really loud, so it just sounds mm-hmm. like I'm yelling. I think I think you're screaming, and I don't really understand why. Um, you got the say, so, week, so why don't you just like move on? It's because Keenan Allen didn't play. It's his his rubber band hamstrings. Yeah, oh my god, dude. <laughs> If Keenan Allen doesn't come back and score like 30 a week for me for the rest of the season, I'm gonna be really pissed. <laughs> yeah, I would I would write I would write a strongly worded letter to him. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna slide in his DMs and you know say something. <laughs> um <laughs> so for drop candidates, I, I don't honestly have specific people, but I will say it'll be interesting to me to see who gets dropped um this week and in the next couple weeks. Um with buys, there's been a lot more injuries, I think, that are affecting teams. Uh, we're seeing a lot of teams have, you know, two, three, sometimes four people on their bench that are on their bench because they're injured. Um, you add in buys and you may see some slightly more desirable folks. Uh, we're obviously not going to see a Justin Jefferson or something like that fall to a fall to waivers, but you might see some fringe guys that, um, that, that may improve your team uh, down the stretch fall to to the waivers just just out of sure, sure pure pure necessity for uh you know a quarterback streamer or a tight end streamer uh, or some of those um kind of you know not as deep positions uh or maybe folks aren't rostering so i'll be interested to see how that plays out in the next couple of weeks um and see who gets you know looking at my team uh, i'm okay this week um but I'm only currently rostering one quarterback. And so next week, uh, I think it's next week. No, it's, maybe it's not until week 11, but there's going to be a, a point where I'm going to have to drop somebody. And I currently, there's nobody on my team I want to drop. Um, so unless somebody you know breaks out and I can kind of solidify, that's my RB1 or that's my you know wide receiver three. It, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out for some folks, particularly the folks that, Again, the top four scoring teams probably don't care, but uh, some of the lower teams can't you, afford a loss. You know, you I, I, a Sam Philly. or a Fred might be able to say, I, "I'll just screw it. I'll just take this week and lose a, lose a second game <laughs> and not drop anybody and keep my roster intact." Where uh, Joe or me or Carl, like we can't really afford that. Philly, you wouldn't drop a say Taysom Hill or Irv Smith. Okay. Just chill. I don't know why you're yelling. <laughs> he's just he's he's here screaming like, dude, you screaming. you won this week, man. Just you like, tell me, you tell me of, the, of those three. Who to who to keep? 
and who to drop. Yeah, I would drop Taysom Hill. Okay. I would keep Irv Smith. I like him. I think I think Irv I do Smith like Irv is, Smith. I think he's, he's he's really blossoming and I think he's gonna continue to to really improve as the season well, goes on. Well if you on. notice if you notice this week, I don't know, if you want to look at Dawson Knox and Yeah, uh, they're they're pretty comparable. Yeah, but they're but Dawson Knox and Irv Smith are on buys this week. So mm-hmm. uh hence continuing well, to roster. I, I I think you're just yeah blowing complete smoke up Philly's ass. Irv Smith is not blossoming, bro. He's been consistent, he four though. targets oh, for seven of, yards. Of, of the tight ends on my team, he, he salvaged blossomed. a seven-yard performance with a touchdown. My man would have gotten you 4.7 points if not for a touchdown. He's not he is, blossoming. He he's blossoming a lot. Of the he's tight just, ends. He's out there getting cardio, and this yeah. particular game, he got his cardio in the end zone. Well, there was still more points than Taysom Hill, though. <laughs> <sighs> I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, Taysom is still the number eight PPR tight end. So All I need is him to have, you know, a 34-point week this week, and then I'll send him off to Never Never Land. I don't care. <laughs> Oh man, what a time! Oh, beautiful. You want to talk some Philly? I think this is your over/under reaction, yeah. It is, yeah. So I kind of alluded to it um, on uh, like earlier in the in the waiver stuff, but um, inconsistency. Um, we're at week six now, and I've seen it. I've actually seen a couple other folks talking about this, and I felt the same way, and not really been able to put it into words and. I don't know that I'm going to be able to put it, you know, as eloquently as I've seen online in some places, but it feels like um, this fantasy season feels just different. Um, you know, we we mentioned that Kelly, it's kind of crazy week six already. So it feels like it's going by fast, but it also feels like it's really hard to get a grasp on who's good and who's, uh, who's not. And when I say that, I don't mean that individual players aren't good. Like the, the people that we drafted, the high-end folks, the, the top 10 receivers and the, probably the top five running backs and the top 10 quarterbacks, they're all just as good as they've been. Um, you know, when I was looking at overall scoring, I'll give you one guess who's the top scorer um, for fantasy this year as of now. Probably Tyree Kill. Mm. Josh Allen. No, I was going to say Josh Allen, yeah. Was, my first question was, is it all players or – yeah, Josh Allen, of all players, Josh Allen is the leading scorer. He has a 31 or 32-point lead over the next highest scorer, which is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he has a uh, over 50-point lead to fifth place, which is Joe Burrow, uh, in points. So first to fifth in fantasy scoring is separated by 50 fantasy points. Josh <laughs> Allen only has 206 points of fantasy this year. So that means he's 20, like his, his output is 25% greater than fifth place in fantasy scoring. And then there's 20, uh, 28 people. So the 28th score in fantasy right now is a hundred points behind Josh Allen. But that's wild. That's not even two full, fully rostered teams. Assuming you could roster two full teams with 28 people that it wouldn't, one wouldn't fill a roster. That's that's a low. It feels really, really low to me. It feels like we normally see. There's obviously people that, that kind of set themselves apart, 
Um, but it just feels like we're, we are in a kind of a lull for scoring. And so my over under reaction to this week is um, are, are players not performing? Is there more equity across, um, you know, across scoring? Are teams more concerned with getting the win than getting the ball to their, their star player? I feel like we see a ton of parity between, I would, I don't know, just kind of a, a guess here, but um, you know, I would say each team has one to maybe three players that they feel confident starting every week. After that, it's a toss-up. And you know, for for me, I feel pretty confident starting Joe Burrow. I feel pretty confident um, starting Jamar Chase. And even on some weeks, I'm not positive. I know that I can get the outputs like I got this week, but a lot of weeks I don't know. Um, and so I don't really know how to phrase this other than to say, you know, over under. Um, am I am I away on the left field here and thinking that? There's um, some weird inconsistency happening this year with scoring. I think you're on to something, but I think it's just been a really unpredictable year for fantasy. Um, it's like going into this year, like people who probably drafted like Allen Robinson expecting, you know, him to be a, a solid fantasy option for the Rams. And uh, even like, I don't know, if, whatever, are the Rams two and four? Are they three and three? Two and four, maybe. I don't even. I obviously I'm not paying attention to the Rams, so um, that let me let me double check myself before I make myself sound silly. They're three and three, but like expecting the Rams to be three and three this year is wild. Even like the like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that the the Ravens would be three and three or like the Jets would be four and two. Like it's just been a, it's been an unpredictable year in the NFL and in, in general. And I think that's also uh, transferred over to like what we're seeing in, uh, in fantasy as well. Like it's uh, like the, the lions, what weren't they like the, the number one scoring offense for, I don't know where they, if they are still are or not, but I mean, number one scoring offense and still being one and four, it's just, uh, it's been a weird year, unpredictable, and uh, I mean, it's been great. It's been great. It's been great for the storylines, but uh, well, and and so the, it's made the fantasy difficult. Scoring offense, uh, Jared Goff is the highest-rated Rams player in terms of points scored this season, and nineteenth. He's the nineteenth highest-scoring player, and and if you said the Lions' offense right now, you would think that they'd have a couple guys in the top twenty, right? Um, right. But again, it's a TJ Hawkinson gets one week, Taysom Hill gets one week. Um, you know, Jamar Chase has had maybe two good weeks. Justin Jefferson's had maybe three. Um, it's, it's uh, again, I, I feel like it's been, uh, drafting was super important this year as it is every year, but. Um, it's also, I mean, fantasy is also about a good bit of luck too. You gotta have, you gotta have luck and you gotta, you know, like, I, I mean, even thinking about like how I drafted this year, like I did not expect Brees Hall to, to be in the position that he is six weeks into the season uh i probably drafted uh kenneth walker a little like you know uh just kind of stashing him hoping that he would you know kind of maybe take over that that uh, rb1 role um and and kind of just got lucky there and uh it's just uh like i said it's been it's been an inconsistent year 
across the board and part of that's probably due to injuries i mean i think part of like the lions being so inconsistent when you have Amon ross st brown out for a few weeks and you have deandre swift out for a few weeks and uh it's just uh it's tough to be consistent when uh you have lots of injuries and stuff like that so i mean even uh even like lamar jackson's been pretty inconsistent too uh, for the most part, I mean, he's still, you know, capable of putting up 30 points a week. But, uh, I mean, we saw it this week. He had, what, two interceptions against the Giants. And obviously, uh, fumbles on back-to-back plays at the end of the game. Or not back-to-back, but like a fumble at the end of the game. So it's just things that you wouldn't necessarily expect from, from these teams. Uh, or like, who would have thought Geno Smith would be doing what he's doing with the, the Seahawks this year? Right, um, you know, Gino thought that he'd be doing Gino or Gino Smith, not not Gino, but Gino Smith thought Gino Smith would be doing this. And so I think the reporter asked him, like, uh, <laughs> "Did you expect to do this?" And the guy and Gino Smith's like, "You obviously never saw me throw the football or something like that." Uh, <laughs> he, he was like, "I expected to do this," but I mean, or like Aaron Rod. I mean, we probably all can predict the the Packers to, to kind of be in the situation that they're in after their off season, but. Uh, yeah, it's pretty unpredictable. It's it's good fun, but uh, obviously not for people uh, trying to predict uh, what fantasy production is going to be looking like on a on a week to week basis. Yeah, no, I think um, I think injuries have really shaped a lot of what we've seen so far. I mean, usually you get to the point in like the middle end of the season where rosters start getting decimated, but this year we we got hit pretty early. I mean. Jonathan Taylor has missed significant time um, on my roster. Keenan Allen, Alvin Kamara on, um, you know, Sam and Sam and Fred have been pretty injury lucky, but pretty much everyone else has had, um, you know, multiple guys miss multiple weeks already at this point in the season. And, you know, a few guys have already been lost for the year. So I think that, but I also think when you're looking across the NFL, um, a lot of teams are just winning in, in unconventional ways, right? Like we talked last week about the NFC East, the NFC beast. And like, you've got the giants and Cowboys that are winning inexplicably. Like they're horrible offensively, but they're getting wins and they're getting low scoring wins. The Seahawks aren't, you know, blowing anyone out or racking up a whole lot of, um, you know, a whole lot of offense, but they're getting wins the Broncos, like they're not getting wins, but I don't think anybody really suspected that their offense would be just this bad. So it's like teams are really just kind of squeaking them out. And there's, we, we talked um, last week, we talked about the kind of the discrepancy in tight end and running back. But I think, you know, when you really think more about it, pretty much every position group has a pretty big discrepancy in their top end performers. Obviously receivers are, just a more popular position in the NFL. And as the, F- as the NFL gets more pass happy, like college, I think that's going to continue to be, you know, a position group where the parity is pretty solid. But um, I think, I mean, I think even at like quarterback, like, you know, the, the point total as far as fantasy is concerned is, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that great, but you know, the actual play on the field, it's a pretty big discrepancy between Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then everybody else in the NFL. I mean, and that's including guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, you know, guys who are surefire first ballot Hall of Famers. So um, I, I think just the the disparity between the top players in the league right now um, and then just the, 
the parody in the NFL with teams getting wins in just weird ways um, is is leading to some pretty paltry performances on the fantasy front. So, Giants uh, scored three touchdowns on Sunday. One of them was from Saquon Barkley. Can you name the two other guys that caught touchdown passes? Uh, Wondell Jones, Daniel Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger, but not Jones. Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson. Robinson, But those are not names that were on anybody's radar to start the season. No. Drake had over 100 yards from scrimmage in some weird fill-in role for like the 18th Ravens running back this year. Yeah, Deion Jackson comes in for the Colts, the third stringer, and absolutely pops off. Like, right? What? <laughs> right. the The day that uh, the week it was a couple weeks ago that uh, Cordell Patterson went out. There's two different ATL backups that both scored like ten points each was to, it, fi- uh, to finish a game. Something Huntley or something like that was one uh, of them. Uh, Hunt- Huntley and Tyler Algier. Yeah. Um, so it's just. Like you said, it's been that, and then it's been, you know, that every team will have somebody perform each week that you just don't think is going to have that gigantic of a week that they do. So, anyways, that's my, uh, my over-under for the week. It's a good one. It's a good conversation. Um, let's, let's, uh, we can spend a little bit of time on the hot seat uh, this, this week. Uh, we have our very own Keith on the hot oh, seat. And uh, we have obviously can't can't take can't take Joe off the hot seat yet as he's still zero uh, six. So uh, yeah, I, I despite having one win just on the season to Joe's zero, um, I've got to be I've got to be public enemy number one there. For if I if I was a sports book. Yeah, I, I yeah, would I definitely mean, have you as the clear cut favorite for the, yeah, the total like of it's it's not particularly close in my opinion. Um, you know, uh, you know, points, I mean, points four. I'm the lowest in the league by like fifty five points. Um, points against, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of middle of the road there. A few people have more more points scored against them than me. That's kind of my only. That's the only reason that, like, I've even remotely – I mean, these last two weeks are really the only two weeks where I've gotten my, my shit kicked in against the two highest-scoring teams. But that's the only reason why some of these matchups have even looked somewhat entertaining. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I at this point, I doubt Keenan Allen is ever going to play another snap of football again. <laughs> um, and if that's the case, then I've just I – got, I got nothing, you know. Well, I, I gambled, gambled on some trades and – um, it's uh, I've, I've missed on those. So. It's it's in, it's just really interesting too. Looking at like uh, Mo, because Mo, I mean Mo's five and one. His points for is six ninety two, and you know if you look at Joe's points for, he's only twenty points behind Mo, and their you know their standing or their records are just complete opposite. And most points against her, I think the lowest in the league by a, a significant margin at only 635 points against. Um, that's why I thought that meme I put in the, <laughs> in the group chat today was pretty fitting uh, with the, the four dragons. And <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was so good. Uh, you, know? I, you know, what? you know what it made me think of and Philly's going to get up. He's going to get upset. Cause I, I struck a nerve when I mentioned it last year. But like it reminds me of like the the six or seven teams that were all six and six last year, or 
and I was just cracking on Philly for being what I thought was the worst of them. And that's kind of what that's kind of what Mo feels like this year. Mo knew Philly. <laughs> Mo. Mo doesn't know what do, to do. Do you want to talk about like what I did to you? <laughs> Didn't do anything. Just uh just you know, making the connection there. I'm uh, sorry, I'm yelling. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's no need to yell. <laughs> I have headphones on. Oh, one thing I want to talk about before we get into the mailbag. Um this was an interesting uh, piece. Uh, Fern comes over on Sundays and we watch football, um, obviously. Um, but uh, he was talking about a different league that he's in and talking about how they do the waiver waiver priority. And I thought uh, it was interesting. Uh, I think our waiver priority is, is a pretty fair way of doing it, that every week it's reverse order uh, of the standings. Um, in this other league that he's in, it's just a rolling waiver. So, uh, you know, the, the, the worst, I mean, the best team in the league, uh, didn't use his waiver picks. And so when Rashad Penny got hurt and Kenneth Walker was available, he was the, the best team in the league was able to drop, you know, some bench guy and, uh, pick up a, you know, potential superstar, for his team right there and add more depth and taking away from people. Hey, maybe good fantasy strategy, but I think that's just a tough way to do business in a fantasy league. What what are your guys' thoughts on how, at least, at least from how we do waiver priority, we think that our, our method is pretty fair currently, or uh, just uh, getting some uh, as a, uh, as a, I don't know. I don't know. A soundboard. I don't know. I'm just trying to get some ideas on making sure that the way we're doing things is the, I don't know if it's the best way, but I think it's the most fair. So I'm in, I have like four, four different ways that I currently, or, uh, five different ways. I so I have a league that is rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that one, um, there are times where that best team can get it. And I've been on the end of that where I've thought about going for somebody like, you know, currently it doesn't it doesn't hurt me to put in a waiver claim for whoever because it's just going to go in order and it's going to come back in order and if someone ahead of me claims it i don't get it it adds a little bit more strategy when you have the rolling piece because there's times where i don't submit waiver requests and i just wait and hope that the person lands in free agency because they're not a priority enough for me to to waste a waiver claim on if i think i can get them in free agency so I can save it for that big name that pops out of nowhere. By the end of the year, you typically like rosters are sorted enough that you're not going to probably get that. But in the beginning of the year, that it, you know you can go week two or three and be three and zero, four and zero, and be able to get you know a Kenneth Walker, for example. Um, so I've done so I've done both ways, and there's pros and cons to both. Um, you know, it's, sometimes it's frustrating to see our league like you know there's a week where I was uh, I hadn't won yet, or I just got my one win and I was ninth in the waiver priority um, behind in front of behind Joe. And there was a guy that I just knew I wasn't going to get because Joe was going to take him. Um, and, you know, I, it's always, it's fair in some ways that's not fair. It, it can just be frustrating, I guess, more than anything. I've also done free agency bidding, mm-hmm. uh, which we do in that dynasty league. Um, it, it's not as used as much in that dynasty league because we have, so many people on roster that you don't really need to get people off of waivers. 
but I'd be really interested to see it in a league like ours with 10 or 12 guys. Um, so free agency bidding, if you don't know, you get a certain amount per year. Uh, our league is a hundred dollars and you bid on players. And so whoever has the highest bid gets that player. So you could, if you wanted Kenneth Walker, you could bid $50 and hope that nobody else bids 50 um, and you get that player. So that's a cool way to do it as well. I've also done free agency. So um, so I'm in a league. It doesn't work as well in Sleeper. They don't have it built in yet where it locks them. Um, but the, ESP, the league I'm in that does it is ESPN. They lock until 3 a.m. Monday night. So um, you, if you want the players, you got to be up at 3 a.m. And you can pick whoever you want from free agency. There's no competing on waivers, but you are competing if someone else is up at 3 a.m. to pick a player. And then I'm in another league. Absolutely. Um, move there. Was that? Set an alarm for 3 a.m. just to wake up and grab a player and go back to bed. <laughs> so, I've got a... That's some Pac-12 after dark shit. 2.58 uh, a.m. Uh, <laughs> one that I can turn on for Monday nights um, to make sure I get up and I can like be cognizant of what I need to do. Um, and then I have another one that's... They, they do it. You can add drop whenever. <laughs> I've seen people drop, as long as they're not in your starting roster, I've seen people drop their bench player mid-game that they're having a shit game. I don't like that one as much. Um, it's way too much to keep up with, and it just feels like, I don't know, I'm just so, I gotta, maybe I'm just used to having that kind of set yeah. time frame, but um, there's pros and cons to all of them. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think for me it comes down to like, fair versus equitable and i think it's they're not the same i think the most fair way to do it is you know similar to like the nfl draft the worst team should get the better picks because they need it more and so you know the way that we do it in our league is probably the most fair um but the most equitable is like everyone should have a chance at the top waiver priority and so you know kind of that rolling basis where you know hey week one the worst team will get the highest priority. And then it's just, you know, a rolling basis after that, where, you know, eventually everyone's going to get a, a chance or two to get the top, top waiver pick. Um, so I think it's just, you know, it's kind of the, just the difference there of like, you know, do you, Maybe. do you want to, do you want to try to increase the level of competitiveness in the league? And if so, um, you know, if the goal is the most competition and, um, then, then yeah, I think the worst teams should continue to get, you know, the higher waiver priorities. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if that's not really a concern, then, you know, whatever, do it however you want. Sounds like a good piece for some off-season business to, for me to, to write up. I think we're going to have a couple good pieces this, uh, this off-season. I'm interested to see how those shake out. I know Carl wants to propose some business about keepers, um, which will which I think is probably going to get shot down. Um, for those of you who don't know, Carl wants to propose um, not being able to keep the same keeper for consecutive years. And so I'm guessing that that will get shot down because guys like Philly have Jamar Chase. Draft better. <laughs> yeah. um, and guys like Philly and has Jamar Chase and, um, you know, Fred's got Austin Eckler, you know, if you, if you, I'm, what I'm guessing is if you have one of the players that are actually worth keeping year to year, you're probably going to vote no. And if you don't, then you'll probably say, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so that'll be an interesting piece that I think is, like I said, probably going to get shot down if I had to guess, but, um, I think a fair compromise to that could be 
having it take the place of your first round pick. Um, and that might change. That's how it's, I've, seen, I've, I've done it both ways. Obviously we do it outside of the draft. So you get your keeper and then you still get your first round pick. Um, you know, if we wanted to make the keepers have a little bit more um, oomph to keep to keeping a player, having it take the place of your first round pick would maybe make you decide you know, if you have Josh Allen, I mean, currently he's probably worth the number one overall, but if you have the number one overall pick, are you going to keep Josh Allen? Um, or are you going to go for somebody else of that pick? Uh, or like in my case, Jamar Chase, is he a, is he a number one overall pick? Or do I think, mm, maybe there's somebody else I get there. So I think uh, an interesting one I saw to that, an alternate of that would be uh, your keeper, your keeper takes the spot of where you drafted him. So if you drafted Jamar Chase in the sixth round, he is your your sixth round keeper for that for that year, uh, or whatever you wherever you drafted him at, right? So uh, you know if you took Austin Eckler round one, then that's your first round pick. But maybe you picked up, you know. I don't know, Deion Jackson, and he blew up for the rest of the year, and you got him as a free agent, then you put him as that last-round pick or something like that. So it's a, kind of an interesting concept, too. So I think we got some uh, some interesting business to discuss this offseason, and maybe we'll change things, and, and maybe, we'll, maybe things will stay the same. We'll see. I'm always – my uh, my texts my, my text and DMs are always open for proposed fantasy business. I keep a running document uh, to – make sure we get all the business written down and included for the upcoming year. So great chat. Thanks for humoring me on that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into some, uh, some mailbag. I jumped the gun. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready. So, yeah. Well, normally you're not ready. So okay. I was like, okay. I was like cer- certainly I can I can get this in, and then Philly's gonna have to like refresh the refresh the soundboard. Why are you uh, screaming? Yeah, a little, little light on the mailbag this week. So yeah, you want me to go through them, and um, y'all can pick them. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, so first up, we have Mo. Um, his first one is more a statement than a question. Um, fuck the Dodgers. Go Padres. Thank you. Um, this is a mailbag, not a statement say, bag. I do agree. Fuck the Dodgers. I don't give a shit about the Padres. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, question from Mo is: Pick three presidents that you would do the following: drink beers or cocktails with, hang out the whole day, and smoke a cigar slash legal substance if your state allows. Mo, ever the uh, higher ed professional with uh, <laughs> the rule following. <laughs> Um, and then Keith, um, seeing that there was a literal shit provided from the boys from Low Expectations, provided some mailbag <laughs> questions of his own. Uh, rank your favorite sports in order. Uh, college football and NFL are different, same as college basketball and NBA. Um, so uh, different leagues or different levels of competition would be different. Uh, I'm assuming, for example, um, like, would you say uh mls versus premier league is the same or different would we do would we do top like five because i 
could probably rank a yeah, lot more. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna go through like every single sport that exists and be like, yeah, that's my 812th favorite sport. So, yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'll say, about five. cricket. Um, I'll say, Dude, I'll say top five, and I'll say, lit. I'll say, in the case of soccer, um, yes, MLS and Premier League can be different. Okay. Um, and then alternate, alternatively, tell the story that made you a true sports fan and follower. So, seeing as Keith has a, a vested interest in this, Sam, I will let you choose the mailbag question. Mm, I kind of like the ranking of your favorite sports in order. Okay. I'd like to go with that one. Philly for 500, oh. please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sam, you're up. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, get on my notepad. All right. So, favorite if sports. You need time. I mean, this was my question, so I'm happy to answer it. I'm happy to go first. Give you a, give you a few seconds to think about it. Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, not at all. So, um. So yeah, my my top sport actually coincides with my second question. It was. Um, the second question that I posed, which was kind of what made you a sports fan and follower. So college football, um, it is the superior product in the football world. Carl will vehemently disagree with you. Um, but college football is just, it's, it's a better product. It's more watchable. It's more fun, more entertaining. Um, you actually have like true blue rivals that will play every year or much more regularly than, you know, NFL division rivals, which are just not really as fun. Um, so college football, number one. Um, NBA, number two. Big basketball fan. Love the NBA. Um, just nonstop action. Really enjoyable. Um, one of my first favorite athletes was Allen Iverson. So fell in love with basketball pretty early. Um, number three, the NFL. Um, I just I, I love football. There's I don't dislike the NFL as much as I think college football is better. Um, you know, NFL, uh, number three there. Um, number four, I'm going to have to go college basketball. Really love college basketball, um, especially March Madness, the NCAA tournament. Um, it's just so much fun. Um, little sidetracking story. Um, I lived in Spokane, Washington, where Gonzaga University is for a little while. And I was there the COVID year, the year that the tournament got canceled, um, Gonzaga was the number one overall seed, and they were slated to play um, the first two games of the tournament in Spokane. I had tickets to go. Um, I was very, very upset um, that I didn't get to see um, some tournament basketball from, from the Zags while I was there. So college basketball number four. Um, number five, and this one is like really shot up the ranks for me, probably in the last – last two years um hockey nhl um i mean i grew up i'm born and raised in tampa so i'm pretty much all tampa sports fans um and i've you know i've always supported the lightning but i haven't really started paying close attention and um to hockey since probably like 2015 2016 and um actually really since mike moved out here since mike moved out to colorado started watching a lot more hockey with him and it's kind of shot up on my board there so Hockey rounding out my top five. Um, and then honorable mention would, would go to baseball, MLB. So, hmm. 
interesting. We have a, it's funny, we have a somewhat of a similar list um, for our uh, for our sports. So for me, I have number, I mean, I am, I think through and through, if, if you know me, you know that the, the sport that I love the most uh, is soccer. So for me, the, the number one that I follow is the Premier League, uh, which is the, the British Premier League. So uh, it just just a, a great, I love waking up at Sunday morning or Saturday on the weekends. I'm typically up at, you know, 7 o'clock, probably seven o'clock for the most part. Granted, part of that's just me waking up normally, but I just love watching soccer on a, on the weekends in the morning and, uh, you know, having breakfast with that and just following along the competitions at a pretty high level. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, makes for some great storylines and uh, so just a great joy for me to watch. Uh, number two, uh, this has recently become my number. My number two is college football. Uh, I really enjoy the uncertainty of everything that happens in college football. It's uh, it's awesome to be able to see the the traditions and history and uh, really just like the like I said the uncertainty of things and the storylines that come out of each week and following along with game day and uh, just the the upsets and you know I think there's a lot of really cool things that come along with college football and uh, a lot of cool traditions and. Uh, I think just the the competition is just is just uh, there. You know, any anything can happen in college football, and I think that makes for a lot of fun. And I think it's going to continue to be a lot more fun, uh, especially with the the twelve team playoff. Uh, number three for me, I have the NFL. Uh, like I said, it's uh, it's it recently flipped from number probably number two to number three. Um, so it, like I said, it's something I still enjoy watching, and I'll typically uh watch almost every game uh, i watch red zone on sundays um but uh i i think it's become less fun recently and like i said i think uh the competition of college football puts it at number three uh number four i have college basketball i think the same same goes for almost college football the level of competition march madness everything that comes along with it is just uh, super exciting and uh, i just like being able to see like you know the 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 Cinderella stories that come with college basketball and uh, I've been pretty fortunate to watch some some really good basketball in my my time living in Indy going to Butler games uh, being able to watch uh, the the tournament when it was there so lots of lots of stuff for that and then number five as well uh, around the same time that Kiefer started following hockey probably in like 2016 17 uh, I started following hockey as well and I think that that's been uh one that's i think has become more exciting for me as i've been following along uh i probably would have a few years ago if you'd asked me i probably would have put baseball but uh, baseball is just such a slow sport and i think hockey is uh, obviously a lot more exciting and uh there's uh, it's just a lot of fun playoff hockey is kind of similar to those college sports you never know what's going to happen so uh that's that's my top five for me philly finish finish this off well, no one will be surprised to know that I've got several like uh, ties and some caveats here, but uh, anyone that knows me is not surprised to hear that. Um, I'll say my the sports I'm going to list are different than probably my order of teams would be. Um, like I'm not going to list Major League Soccer as the top five, but I really love Charlotte FC. Um, but I'm invested in Charlotte FC, not necessarily Major League Soccer. Um, but I'd say uh, one tie for first are 
Um, and I would say that maybe um, one is creeping above the other. Uh, a little bit of clear cut a couple of years ago, a clear cut would be uh, college football. Um, you know, I, I'm LSU grad and I just, uh, I really, I mean, I always liked college football, but I fell in love with it when I went to LSU and um, it's, there's a, there's a different level of um, allegiance and loyalty and passion. Like when LSU scores a touchdown, the, the feeling I have of LSU scoring a touchdown, I don't, the only time I've ever felt anything close to that was the Minneapolis miracle um, when Stephon Diggs caught that ball for the Vikings. That's the only time I've ever felt close to that uh, watching, watching that. So, and, and maybe it's, you know, the, the Vikings being kind of a middling uh, organization, but I love the NFL. I love fantasy football. I love following it. Um, I think that the NFL product is a little bit like um, it's easier for me to put on an NFL game on a Sunday than it is to put on a random college football game, unless it's a big game. I can put on pretty much any NFL game, I guess is my point, and for the most part be entertained. There are some college football games I could give a shit less about. Um, but really kind of taking over lately has been the Premier League. Um, in particular, Liverpool. Um, I started following them seven or eight years ago um, and went from kind of really, uh, I think anyone that's trying to get into a sport knows how difficult it can kind of be to like really find a rhythm. And you, you kind of have to force yourself to watch a sport for a couple of years and like for it to really kind of work its way in. I now feel when Liverpool scores a goal, uh, when Mo scored on Sunday against City, I mean, I feel that same way when, when LSU scores a touchdown. So that's why I kind of put them 1A and 1B for me. Uh, again, college football would have been probably heads and shoulders above that a couple of years ago, but it's it's slowly creeping up that I, I will make, I've been tending to make more time to watch a, a Liverpool match than I will an LSU game uh, lately. Um, in the middle of the road there for me, um, I'd say probably a slight edge, very slight, uh, would be uh, NASCAR. Um, and then the NFL, um, kind of a uh, 3A, 3B, but NASCAR probably has a slight edge. Uh, I've watched NASCAR my whole life. It was the first sport I really watched. My parents didn't really watch any of the sports growing up. So um, I've been watching NASCAR since like 93, 94. Um, and I fell out of it for several years, um, mid 2000s. And uh, in the past, probably seven or eight years, I've really gotten back into it. I live in the middle of racing country. Um, I can hear the the Charlotte Motor Speedway is right next to my house, so I can hear them racing when they race there. Um, there are several race shops that are near here. I've met a lot of the racing heroes that I had growing up, um, so that's really helped fuel that, and um, pretty pretty invested in, in that. And then the NFL, obviously, um, uh, again, all pretty close. And then my kind of fifth, the fringe of that, um, I've got two that I'm that I like to really like to watch. Uh, or three that I really like to watch, but only on specific occasions. And so I'm going to kind of put them all on the same plateau at five. It's hockey, college basketball, and um, golf. Um, and I really follow them, college basketball during the tournament and the lead up to the tournament. Um, because I, the, the problem with that is that I feel like it doesn't really matter to the tournament. Like, I mean, it does matter to an extent, but when 68 teams make a tournament, it's like, for like, for LSU, if LSU is not going to be in the tournament, they're not going to be in the tournament. But they get in, they could do something. And that's really a unique thing. Um, so college basketball, um, playoff hockey, 
go bolts, baby. Um, I just honestly don't have the time to commit. I, I just kind of run out of time with sports. So that's really the reason I don't watch more hockey. And then golf, the majors, I could watch like particularly the masters. The masters is on. Don't bother me from Thursday to Sunday. Um, I have compiled every device I can in my house so I can watch every angle uh, or every hole that's being broadcast on the masters website. Um, I just love it. I run a, I run a, um, a golf pool um, for every major. And so um, that's that. So it's all yeah. close. I, I appreciate y'all indulging me in, uh, in sharing. I would, uh, I would at some point later on love to hear your guys' uh, fall in love sport stories. But hey, maybe, maybe next week, depending maybe on. Week. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll throw it on there next week. Um, if we got low competition again next week, we'll see how it happens. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And it looks like uh, we got a Keith's Weekly Conundrum this week. Yeah, with the first installment of the Keith's Weekly Conundrum. So, you know, we discussed this a couple weeks ago. We got a uh, little little rotating segments the, the three of us will do. Um, I was not prepared for last week, but um, wanted to uh, bring something to the table this week. So my conundrum for this week is name changes and rebranding. So, um, obviously, we have a, a few teams that are struggling, myself being one of them. I've never really never really been one to kind of change things up. Um, you know, I just I, – I'm not a really superstitious person. I don't believe in, like, you know, bad juju or anything like that um, or curses or anything. Um, but last year we saw a couple teams, you know, change their names throughout the season. And, you know, most notably, like Fred, for example, changed his name. And, um, you know, obviously I think he just got hot at the right time. But, uh, hey, then, you know, the name change coincided with uh, a deep run in the postseason here. So my conundrum for this week is uh, rebranding. Should we be good? Should, uh, should, should the Carter three be considering a rebranding? Because uh, clearly the – my team name is not performing anywhere near as well as my namesake. So um, I'm kind of, kind of mulling over my options here. Um, you know, definitely scouting for, you know, some clever, uh, clever cheeky team names to adjust to uh, might be time to uh, might be time to leave the, the Carter three behind and maybe a more apt and appropriate album name, um, which is also one of my favorite albums of all time would be my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Cause this is, <laughs> certainly a dark and twisted fantasy season for me. So you're going to say like the Carter four. <laughs> mm, I do like Carter four. Um, it's actually my, my second favorite Carter, but. Um, can, I, can I give a name suggestion? Sure. <laughs> Your name will be, this is not a double XP weekend. What's that? This is not a double XP weekend. Maybe I'll just rename Kyler Murray that. <laughs> Just saying, if Kyler Murray shows up and thinks, Kyler Murray. If, if Kyler shows up and sees your team name and says, "Oh, it's not a double XP weekend," maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just DM him every weekend, and be like, "Hey, it's not double XP this weekend." He'd be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure." I'll okay, yeah, okay, he's playing it. on a Thursday night this week, so I think he'll be okay. Also, um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's karma. Maybe it's just uh, his team sucks, um, but. You know, Austin's been kind of on a downslope. Um, he is, uh, I think, kind of breaking a, he has a kind of a fantasy faux pas, which is using um, the name of a player in your team name that's not on your roster. Um, you play him this week, 
you know, um, do you find a a new Kamara themed name debut it this week against Kamara's Gridiron Gang with Alvin Kamara, and does that propel week. you to victory? I, I play you this week, buddy. Oh, that's week nine. Um, <laughs> we try though. Hey, listen, listen. Uh, just just like me with. Uh, Damian Harris is, is a as a drop in the ad. You win some, you lose some, you know. Yeah, I mean, hey, you you you, you gambled, you you rolled, you played big, and you lost. That's okay though. I was pulling up matchups for the rest of the year, and uh, you know, got stuck. So, uh, don't do it this week. Uh, actually, don't change your team name this week. In, in truth, though, like you know, you you mentioned the 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 faux pas of like naming it after a player not on your team. Um, I'm going to stubbornly hold on to Michael Carter um, until I make a decision to. Um, change my team name. I think uh, I think Brees Hall has firmly taken over um, the the Jets' backfield, and uh, probably will not get anything remotely starter worthy out of Michael Carter. But he's going to stay on the roster until such a time comes as I am no longer. In a, in a similar thought process, do you do you see something like um, Keenan Allen's good hamstring? Hmm. Yeah, does that exist? That's a, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it exists. I need to see him play football again before I name my team after anything Keenan Allen. Related. To be to be fair, I don't or think. Maybe it could just be like Keenan, please. You know, uh, Fred changed his name last year to Zidane, please, and found some success. So maybe it's just Keenan, please. <laughs> I don't I don't think I have. I think I've committed that fantasy faux pas like every year that we've done friends and low expectations to be completely honest maybe not maybe yeah, not you, you did Devonte smith this year Devonte's inferno i don't have Devonte smith last year i was bad mother tucker didn't have justin tucker uh yeah but that? well gino didn't give you a chance to take yeah justin but tucker. but that but i think you could be somewhat forgiven if it's your team like the eagles are your team yeah but i'm not a, i don't have justin i'm not i'm not a ravens fan with justin tucker yeah yeah and you paid the price for it yeah. this year you're doing well what was I? But Devonta Smith plays for your team. What was I three years ago? Was I Wuhan Bats three years ago? Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. And yeah. the before that, well, I didn't. Maybe that was a different league. I was uh, mixing Spike Club. I think that was the first year. No, that that was, that was the first year we did it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, first year I did. I was mixing Spike Club. I didn't have mixing. I don't think. I mean, Gino was rice to beat you until like. Two months ago, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna get you know too far in the weeds here. I just think if you make it, if you make a change, you know, you've got you've got to go with either someone on your team or someone for our team that you root for. So basically, anybody on the Bucks is safe. Anybody on your team is safe. Yeah, you could you, your team could be my my team is bats. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, so bass it hurts it'd be funny though because then if you lose then we have to talk about how like, you know hearse hearse donut <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a there's a dick joke in here with three defenses, three D's, one 
If you had Cooper Cup, 3D's one cup would be so great. Or if I had, or, or I mean, I'm going to drop the Browns this week. So if I did have Cooper Cup, 2D's one cup, that'd be great. <coughs> Dropping the Browns off, that could be your team name. Climbing Mount Everett. Oh, that's a decent one. But yeah, that's my conundrum for this week. You know, whether or not to rebrand uh, seemed to seemed to have a positive effect on some folks last year. Um, you could and, do not uh, enough cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm. but yeah. So that that is my piece for this week. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you, Commish. Well, that wraps up. Season two, episode five of Friends and Low Expectations. It's been another great week. Excited for another upcoming week. We've got some great matchups this week in the upcoming. Uh, we've got Devonta's Inferno against Death Taxes and Kickers. We've got the Michael Carter three. So we have got a in-house rivalry of Keith versus uh, Keith versus Philly this week in the Magic School Bus. We've got Heinz on my Johnson, Carl against Kraft's personal masseuse, Fred. We've got the bunghole burglars against the fighting houseplants, Mo against Fern. And we've got the fellows in the Jets, Joe against Kamara's gridiron gang, Cheese. So we've got some good matchups. Uh, right now, it looks like things are pretty, uh, pretty even across the board in terms of projections. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens and kind of what happens on the waiver wire this week as well. Um, as always, fellas, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. And, uh, I'm excited to, to see, to see what we have in store week six. So as always keep your expectation or keep your standards low and your expectations lower, and we'll see y'all next week.